The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. with your child that you can't fix, you feel very small and very weak. I was hit by a drunk driver. I don't remember any of the specifics of my injuries or the accident. I just know stuff was taken care of and I was able to focus on getting healed. Our medical bills have been over a million dollars and the members at MediShare have faithfully paid our bills. I think the thing that appeals to me most about MediShare is I'm not just a number. We are part of a family. You're not only getting taken care of by a medical doctor, but you're also getting taken care of spiritually through the power of prayer. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-74-BIBLE. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 844-74-BIBLE. That's 844-74-BIBLE. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from international evangelist Perry Stone. Perry is a fourth-generation minister and directs one of America's fastest-growing ministries, The Voice of Evangelism. Perry's global ministry includes a popular weekly telecast called Manifest, which is viewed by millions around the world, a bi-monthly magazine, and numerous prophetic resources. He is also a best-selling author. Stay tuned to the Network Live today and hear more from Perry Stone. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today on the Network Live, we'll be hearing a teaching from Perry Stone. Here's Perry. I have a, a message and I want to talk to you about this message for just a moment. Just a few weeks before our presidential election, as you know, which was months ago, I was sitting in my office and I realized, and this is nothing new, this has actually been going on for probably 15 to 20 years of really how divided the United States is. And they divide themselves up now into the terminology of a liberal, or you are a conservative, or you are a moderate. And then there's even, uh, you know, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, there's independents, there's libertarians. So there's always been to some extent, and it goes back to the time of the Civil War, and even earlier than that, there's always been a different way of thinking in different parts of the nation, whether it's the Northeast or the Southeast, Midwest or West, there's certain states that kind of think alike, that have more what we would term conservatives. There are states that have more people that call themselves liberals. And while it's always, uh, you know, you can agree to disagree, something has really happened. And I begin to meditate on this. How do I explain from a biblical perspective what I see happening in the United States? So this message is actually for those of you who live in North America, not so much for people outside the United States. But I do want you to hear this message because I think I have an explanation for you. And the Holy Spirit, I was sitting at my desk and the Holy Spirit said, go back to the beginning. Go back to the Garden of Eden. And when I went to the Garden of Eden, God says the whole imagery of what's happening to the entire world and the imagery of what's happening in the United States is found in the story of the two trees that were in the garden. And I knew this story from the time of a child, but I began to see some things 
that I did not pay attention to for these 40 years of ministry. And hopefully I can project that to you today concerning the two trees. First of all, when you talk about the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, we believe, was located somewhere in this part of the world, what's called the Fertile Crescent. Israel was a part of what's called the Fertile Crescent. Now, if you look at the boundaries of the Garden of Eden based in the book of Genesis, there was the river Hedekel, which is the Tigris. There is the the, uh, Gihon, which Josephus said is the Nile. You have the Euphrates River, which we know where that is today, and you have what's called the Pishon River, which is a river that ran through Havila where there was gold, which is probably somewhere in Saudi Arabia. They took a satellite and they found a dried riverbed that runs through Saudi Arabia that they believe may be the ancient uh, Pishon River based on biblical archaeology review, an article that was written many years ago. Now, if you look at the boundaries of the rivers of Eden and you go all the way over to the Nile to the Euphrates and you begin to see where those uh, rivers begin and where they end, it's really interesting because it's a 1,500-mile square area. And guess what the center of it is? Jerusalem. How do you like that? And so we have a theory, Robert Vandermeyen and I, Dr. Peter Micus, myself, we researched this in the 90s sort of separately but yet together. And we believe that the heart of the Garden of Eden may have actually been what is today the city of Jerusalem. And there's actually some biblical evidence for that as well. Now, having said that, when God planted the garden uh, in Eden, which is a region, the Eden region, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the region of Eden, he places two trees in the garden. Now, this has been a puzzling theological uh, thought for many centuries, and that is this. Why does God not simply put the tree of life? Why does he have to put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because it was eating of that tree that caused all the global world difficulties that we have today, all the difficulties with sin. And I meditated on that for years. I read a lot of books, people's different opinion, but I'm going to give you my opinion on why there had to be two trees in the garden. The answer is that in the beginning before Adam was created, Satan, who is a fallen angel, was not a fallen angel in the beginning. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel chapter 28, Isaiah 14, uh, he was the anointed cherub and he had a group of angels under him. He had a covering of stones. He led the worship of heaven. All of this can be indicated if you detail the text in the Hebrew from some of these passages. So Satan in the beginning fell. Iniquity was found in him. A seed of iniquity was found. He followed that seed. That seed matured. And he felt through his pride and beauty that he could overthrow God. Now, when that happened, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And Satan is expelled from heaven with, according to Revelation chapter 12, one-third of the angels of God. But where did he go? And the answer is that he went into the atmospheric realm of the earth. Because Ephesians 2 and 2 says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And by the way, that Greek word for air means the ground up to the clouds. And then Mount Olympus, which was the highest mountain in Greece, you have clouds that come on Mount Olympus. And when you get above the clouds of Mount Olympus, that is a whole entire second Greek word, another Greek word for air. So Satan being the prince of the power of the air is the atmosphere where we're at up into this area here. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly 
heavenly places. So we have that, uh, that in the beginning where Satan fell from heaven. Now, when we go to Genesis 1-1, God makes everything perfect. Genesis 1-2, the earth is without form to avoid darkness upon the face of the deep. What has happened? The fall of Lucifer has happened somewhere between Genesis 1-1, which is ages past, and Genesis 1-2, when God begins counting time on the planet. So Satan is a fallen being. Now, here's why there has to be two trees in the garden, because sin has already entered the universe. Sin is already in the cosmos. So Satan had the ability of following God, but yet chose and led a rebellion against God. So now the power of choice and free will has been introduced to the cosmos. So when God goes to create Adam, he creates a man in his image and in his own likeness. However, he does not want man to be a puppet on a string. You dance when I say dance. You talk when I say talk. You do what I say do. He wants man to love him because man chooses to love him. He wants man to follow him because man chooses or has the desire to follow him. You know what a joy it is if you're a parent and you tell a child to do something and joyfully say, hey, I'm glad to do it. And you have that joy. Man, that's my daughter. That's my son. But you also know what it's like when you ask them to do it. And there's that resistance and that's rebellion. That's how our father in heaven feels. So God puts a tree of life there, but he also puts a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he says to man, you have now something that is in the universe. You have the power to choose. So, but here's the, here's the, here's the rules. If you will take of this tree and eat of the tree of life, it's going to sustain you in an eternal state. This tree has the power to keep you healthy. This tree has the power to keep you healed. This tree has the power to renew the cells of your body. You're going to live a long time and never look like you get old because this tree is going to have something supernatural in it. So this is where God came down and met with man every day at the cool of the day was at the tree of life. Now, there's a second tree in the garden, however, and this tree, God says to Adam, now, you need to know something about this tree. I've had to plant it here, but you've got to stay away from the fruit of this tree. If you partake of the fruit of this tree, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to face death in the day that you eat it, you're going to die. Now, we know the entire story how one of those trees, notice this, Satan does not show up at the tree of life because there is no life in him, and that is reserved for God. That's God's habitation. That's God's intimate place. That's God's dwelling. So Satan can't go there. But Satan has access to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because it is he who introduced the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't God. It was Satan that introduced it because the angels knew. Satan says, we can do this. We can do that. We can overthrow. We can be like God. And they believed him. He led a deception. So those angels understood we have sinned against God. So the knowledge of sin of what is good and what is wrong is introduced through Satan. So one tree represents evil and the other tree represents life. I hope somebody's following me right here. We're about to go somewhere. You still here? Say, I'm still here. I'm about to go somewhere. Okay. Now, as we, as, we, as we flow with this, we discover that Adam and Eve make a choice. And they make the choice to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you, which is extremely interesting. I've read this, but it jumped out at me the other day when I was, a couple weeks ago, I should say, when I was reading this. Now, the Lord said, and this is after they have listened to the serpent, and after they have eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Lord said, Behold, man has become like one of us to know good from evil. 
And now lest he put out his hand and take, now watch this, and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed the cherubim at the east entrance of the garden with a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the tree of life. Now this is the part that a lot of people are really not aware of that's extremely interesting and that is this. God had to guard the tree of life to keep Adam from eating from the tree of life after he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here's why. This is mind-boggling. If Adam could have gotten back to the tree of life, he would have eaten and lived forever in sin. I mean, lived forever in sin. Lived forever in a sinful condition. Meaning, now think about this, meaning that God would have been separated from him and this whole planet would be a total demonic hell hole, if I can say it that way. Because at that point, Satan could have taken the entire planet over because God would have been separated from man and man would have ever produced seed after seed after seed. And this would have been... You talk about those weird movies that Hollywood produces where all these little alien things and weird stuff. This would have been a weird planet. You wouldn't have wanted to lived on it in that condition because of the evil that would have been on it. So as I'm, as I'm reading this and I'm looking at this several weeks ago about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I begin to think about some things as it relates to the United States. And I don't know that I can properly articulate this, but I want, I want to say it this way. I want to begin by talking about these trees. If a person were to go to the tree of life and eat from that tree of life, it produces life to that person. Everything about it has life connected to it. If a person on the other hand goes and eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it produces a knowledge of good and a knowledge of evil. But what it does, it doesn't just produce the knowledge of it. It causes a person to act in an evil manner. Because you will learn you are what you eat. You become what you eat. If you, like, like and someone says, well, you shouldn't confess it. Well, you don't have to worry about confessing when it's already there because it's already there. But I have very high glucose levels, and I have to watch sugar intake. And I came off of carbs and off of most sugars and lost, believe it or not, from the peak, I lost about 30 pounds. But I found out that, it, I, found out that I have to watch the, eating that because it affects the body. If you eat fat foods, you all know this fried food. Southern people know what fried food is, all right? You eat it a lot, it can do what? It can clog the arteries. You can gain weight. So you are what you eat. Now, I'm using that in the natural to try to give you a spiritual application, all right? There are two opposing trees in the United States, and every person in America is either eating one of those two trees. One tree protects infants, and the other tree says it's okay to take an infant up to nine months. One tree protects a covenant saying marriage is a man and woman, but the other tree says, forget that, marriage is something else. One tree says we can't have legalized drugs because we already have enough people that's crazy. And the other tree over here says, man, legalize everything, we'll get tax money, it'll help you chill out. One tree over here says, we need to have laws that everybody follows. And another tree over here says, you know what? We ought to be able to do whatever we think is right in our own sight. And I don't know if you paid attention to this, but we choose a tree, whatever 
Well, let me say it this way. Whatever tree we choose will determine where our nation is going to go. Because I'm going to tell you something that really bothers me is the, is the hypocrisy of people who have absolutely no morals, but when somebody does something that they don't like, they suddenly become the moral voice. It's like where you've been for 30 years. And I'm okay with people who fall, and I'm okay with people that fail. I'm serious. I'm the most... My gift is mercy. I am probably the most extreme mercy-driven person. There's never been a pastor friend of mine that had a moral failure, whether it was finances, female, whether it was the church, it was the elders that didn't like him. There's never been one I didn't stand with, and I was back. I was with him. One guy told me, he said, when I messed up, you were the only preacher that stood with me because I am very mercy-driven. When I see someone in need, I think to myself, this is me. Now, if that was my son and my daughter, how would I want somebody to treat in the situation they're in? You'll never go wrong by, by the golden rule of do unto them as you would want to be done unto, okay? But what's concerning me right now, and I want to say this right now, is that we've got two trees. We have one tree in America that a majority of people understand called the tree of life. And they're following the principles of God's word. They're trying to say, look, our country was founded on these uh, judicial uh, moral principles. It's worked for us in the past. It's made us strong the way that we are. So what we need to do is keep the foundation and keep moving that direction and keep doing the right thing. And then we have another group of people that says, no, you need to come over here and eat. And what they're not telling you is there's a snake in that tree. You have in the issue of an infant. Now think about this term pro-choice or pro-life. We are people that believe in life. And you go telling people that you believe in life, and you're going to have somebody right over here coming against you and talk about, no, it's about choice, it's about choice, it's about choice. In other words, we got two trees, and we've decided to take the tree with the snake in it because we've got two trees in the garden. Now, I'm going to tell you, this came to me. I preached a message at our main event that was called Jezebel Rising and the Elijah spirit that would rise to counter that spirit that would be in the earth. All right, I want to take one nugget because what I see happening and where we're going in the time of the end based on Malachi chapter 4 and 5 is we're going to that time where it says, I send to you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And that means there is a spirit of Elijah, John the Baptist had that, which is a special anointing. It's a special anointing that comes on a generation. It's a special anointing that comes on a group of people. It's bold. Uh, John the Baptist was bold. John the Baptist was fiery. John the Baptist did not dress the way the church thought he should dress. He would, he, I mean, he didn't dress. You know, people who go to church now with jeans. Look at my dad. If I wore jeans growing up, my dad would have slapped me sideways. I mean, you thought you had to wear a suit and tie. You all understand what I'm talking about. It's, but things have changed. I'm fine with that. But what I'm saying is that we're coming to what I believe is what Elijah said. He goes to the top of Mount Carmel, and you've got a nation that's following two different trees. You've got a group of 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal that believe in Yahweh God that are trying to walk in the truth, but they're so afraid they're hiding in caves. Elijah says, I'm the only one out here because there's nobody paying any attention to anything I'm saying. You've got 850 false prophets that are with Ahab and Jezebel's table that have challenged Elijah on top of Mount Carmel. So he's up there, 850 to 1. But you've got to remember, 
When God's with one man, he's the majority. God and you make up the majority. Doesn't matter what, doesn't matter what other numbers are out there. God and you make up the majority. All right. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. He stands on Mount Carmel and he says to the people, why do you halt between two opinions? Can I just retranslate that in Stone's unauthorized version? Why are you halting between two trees? See, you've got some Christians that they want to eat on Sunday from that one, but they'll eat from this one the rest of the time. They want to, they'll follow the Word. Yeah, hallelujah, glory to God on Sunday, but they're not going to follow the Word any other time. So he says, why do you halt between two opinions? He said, if God be God, serve Him. And if He's not, let's just jump off the mountain. I'll just go do whatever we want to do. And I believe that the word, and this is kind of the word that God gave me. There's a tree of life, which is the intimate place with God that you have to encounter God. But there's also the tree of knowledge. Now, in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going, to, I'm going to wrap this up here because there's more I could say. There's actually another page of notes. I'm not going to have time to get into that. But in 1 Corinthians 3.16, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. Then there's the next verse that says this, that if any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. I used to think when I grew up in an old classical Pentecostal church, of which I love, by the way, we used to teach that that was, a, I'm not laughing, we used to teach that was people smoking cigarettes. No, really, you know, God, you know, smoking them cigarettes and God's going to destroy you for smoking them cigarettes. And we used to, and that's how we heard it preached. There's nothing in there about cigarettes, by the way, in that verse, just so you'll know. So this is from my study Bible. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, 17. The phrase, him will God destroy, has been quite misunderstood. The word destroy is used 32 times in the English translation. However, the Greek word here for destroy is different from the other 31 times used in the New Testament. The common uh, New Testament word for destroy is apolumi, meaning to fully destroy, to die, or perish. The word here in verse 17 for destroy is the Greek word phlethro, and it means to wither away, shrivel, spoil over a process of time. Paul is saying if a person defiles their body, uh, the body will begin to wither away and spoil over a process of time, but God will not prevent it from occurring. So it's not necessarily a rebuke toward one thing or another. Smoking is not healthy for you. Drinking alcohol is not good for you. All those things are not good for you. But this is what the Bible is saying. It's saying there that if you choose to defile the temple, God will not prevent a bad thing happening to that temple if you abuse the temple. So the bottom line is you've got to choose which tree you're going to follow. As for me and my house, I'm going for this one over here, which is the tree of life. Manifest telecast is kept on the air by uh, the support of God's people. Literally, millions of people watch it. We meet people all the time in Israel that watch it. And so to keep it on the air, we have an offer that we make available to you. We're going to do that right now and come back and tell you some of the places we're coming to. All right. Uh, this is your opportunity to give the Lord one more praise right here from Magdalene in Israel. <laughs> This is Perry Stone, and this week I'm offering a very significant ministry resource that, in my opinion, will help believers spiritually more than any single offer since Manifest has aired. In my 41 years of ministry, I've noted one hindrance always blocking God's blessings. The enemy of our blessing is your inability to forgive those who have offended you, along with the extreme danger of you bringing up past sins of another person who's been forgiven. I have four very important live messages on CD that I want you to hear that can assist you in receiving true freedom and blessing. The titles are 
taking the bait and living in pain. How Satan baits you through accepting an offense and how you will suffer if you do. The second CD is the Christian's biggest trap to avoid in the last days. It's actually revealed, believe it or not, in Matthew chapter 24. And millions of people are falling into this trap as the enemy laughs at them at their ignorance. CD number three, the danger of fishing in the sea of forgiveness. I'm going to teach you from the Bible how that if you bring up another person's forgiven sins and you bring it up publicly and use it against them, you are going to experience the same demonic attack that brought their difficulties. This is one of the most important messages the Holy Spirit's ever given me. And finally, the keys to stopping a tormenting spirit is CD number four. And I will show you from the Bible how that Christians can be tormented because they open a door to a tormenting spirit by not forgiving others. Now, along with this four audio CD album, I'm adding a brand new prophetic CD that I've just taught, The Return of the Giants. Now, the content on this CD will not be preached on TV. There's a stunning discovery that's been made in Israel that has not been released publicly that ties into the signs of the days of Noah. Now, I want you to get this four CD album and this single CD, The Return of the Giants, right now. And I'm asking for your donation of $30 or more to help keep Manifest on the air. To order, you call 1-888-21-BREAD. It's a toll-free number. Or you can order online at perrystone.org or write and send your donation of $30 or more to Perry Stone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. And ask for offer LGM-126. That's offer LGM-126. Your support is what we use to keep manifest on the air. God bless you. Oh, wow. You know, I'm standing near a painting. I got this in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And this is a this was impressive to me because at OCI, our theme with, uh, with Omega Center International when we have our youth conferences is where lambs become lions. And look at the heart in the background. And that, it's, that's such a beautiful painting. So I want to stand behind this painting as I share with you how much I appreciate you watching the Manifest Telecast. And uh, we are getting ready to air some brand new programs we're getting ready with a brand new offer, and I hope that you'll get this. It is a prophetic offer that will be coming out. But we also want to make you aware of the fact that we have Warrior Fest 1 and Warrior Fest 2 that's just about completely booked out. Uh, we want you to bring your young people to this conference. No registration fee, no fee to attend. We pray for everybody in the building. If young people are called to preach, we take them into the small room here where hundreds of young people are there, and I have people with me. We lay hands on those young people and ask God to impart His anointing in their life. So we are believing the Lord that the Joel 2 prophecy of sons and daughters prophesying that we can be a small part of that in our ministry. We received a, uh, a phone call the other day, believe it or not, from Australia. And one of our secretaries said there was a couple that had never heard of Jesus and happened to come across the manifest telecast and came to know the Lord and repented of their sin and are following the Lord because of the telecast. This is repeated in the Ukraine, in Russia, in Israel, uh, Jordan, all over the world. And so our heart is to reach people with the message of truth, the message of the new covenant through Jesus Christ, and then help them to understand the deep things of God's word or the mysteries of the Bible. And one of the things that people seem to love the most is the prophetic teaching. Now, this year, in November, I'm doing a partner's tour and then a main tour 
to Israel. And normally we take just people from the United States, but we're opening it up to anybody in the world that wants to go and knows where the travel handles that for us. You can go online at perrystone.org and get your information on that. But we're going to have a great time in the Lord. It's Israel's 70th anniversary, a very prophetic number, a very significant prophetic number. And you that keep up with our ministry know that we love dealing with numbers and the colors of the Bible and some of those things that a lot of people don't even touch or don't care about. But uh, it's going to be a great time in the Lord. And so a lot of things are getting ready to happen. You've asked me for an update on the Old Testament commentary. They're laying it out now, getting ready to print it soon. So hopefully you'll be watching Manifest in a couple months from now. And I'll say, ladies and gentlemen, we now have the Old Testament and the commentary. Worked on it for seven years. It's about time. (laughs) Harry Stone invites you to join him for his 2018 Israel tour. The dates are November 19th through the 28th with an optional visit to Petra in the country of Jordan. Call 1-888-321-3629 or visit perrystone.org for more information and how to register. Seating is limited, so call today. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the network live, visit KNEORadio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and Podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the network live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the network live, contact us at the networklive.org. The network live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEORadio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.